What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Um, I got. I, I've been thinking about this for a minute, and it's it's gone a lot of different ways. So I wasn't. I'm probably going to record several of these in the same orbit, uh, basically around mental health. Um, as I've not been very shy about, uh, I've been seeing a mental health professional for. It's probably, I don't even remember when I started. It's been about a year. Um, give or take some months, I'm sure. Um, and I, the more I, I talk about it, it seems like the more other people talk to me about it, which I think is great. I'm glad it's just talking about it is normalized now. And, uh, I've had some experiences lately that have been troubling. Um, and it's, I, I probably have more people reach out to me about this kind of stuff by virtue of the fact that one, I have a platform and two, that platform encourages people having an issue to reach out. Cause that's kind of the point is, is helping people. Uh, and then three, like I just mentioned, I, I talk about my mental health issues, uh, quite a bit. And I think people feel okay talking to me about it. Uh, the thing I actually want to talk about today is, is about, uh, some, I reached out to somebody that, that, indicated through uh, social media posts and some other stuff that they were having a hard time um, and had like a, a history of depression uh, that like used medication to, to cope with depression and had been doing well off of medication for some time, but based on work stress, uh, you know, a life happening, whatever, um, was n not doing well and knew where they were at knew like had the tools to recognize kind of where they were at and that they were having issues and that they needed help. And when they went to their chain of command saying, Hey, I know where I'm at. I have this history. I need help. Uh, wasn't getting the assistance that they needed. Uh, so was kind of venting the frustration of that and just saying that in general that they weren't in a good place. And so I reached out and said, Hey, how you doing? Um, do you need anything? And that started a conversation. The conversation revolved around the sailor explaining the history and then telling me basically that the, their chain of command was completely blowing them off. Just basically saying uh, like, Oh, you're fine or everything's backed up and you're not going to have time. And it, the typical type of, of stuff that you hear, um, you hear people getting blown off for about a lot of things, not just mental health. Um, it just seemed like, and it's hard to judge not having been there, but it felt like, uh, a laziness. Um, there was a laziness to it. There was like a indifference towards the need. Like, oh, it's not that serious, which in, in the world we live in blows my mind that this is even a thing. And, and I'm going to, I've prepared an outline. Uh, I was going to do with a buddy that seems too busy to do it and kind of, I think has reconsidered, but that's not the point. Um, I did a lot of research on, like military and veteran suicide and just mental health treatment accessibility and stuff. And, um, I think I'm going to go down this rabbit hole a few times. I'm sure it won't be the, the last time, but I'm definitely going to do several, uh, at least spin the yarns on this type of thing. And, um, 
just based on their description, I was really frustrated that they weren't getting the help that they needed. And so I reached out to a friend uh, as a, a Corman Master Chief uh, IDC type and just said, hey, in this area, like, what? who do you know and what can I do to help this person? And so he got involved and, and he was working on some stuff behind the scenes and told me to direct this sailor to a chaplain in the meantime. And um, there's military one source, a bunch of other resources. And so I passed on all these points of contact and then just said, like, if you're in crisis, I need to know and I will I will move heaven and earth and or get on an airplane if I have to to make sure you get what you need, because I'm not in the same geographic area at all. Um, but I think the combination of someone being there and being willing to do that. And, and this person knew uh, that like behind the scenes, there was a, I had reached out to other resources and had those people working on it as well. I think just the, somebody responding, somebody caring enough to respond and do something about it and, and say like, Hey, I'm here for you. If you need me, I will move out on earth to get you the resources that you need. I think that helped a lot. I think that was, may have been part of it is the, the non-receptive leadership. And I'm going to talk more about that in a minute was a big part of the problem, but also, um, the sailor just needed somebody to talk to and got that, uh, via other resources, even though, uh, the, the sailor never got to mental health, um, that I, that I'm aware of. We didn't continue the conversation after, um, and I've checked in a few times and they're doing all right. So I, I don't know if they continued to push and got to mental health proper, but got help from uh, an entity. And uh, just by knowing that someone cared enough to have that conversation and looping back around, like I've, I've written a few papers for school and just it, like discussion board stuff. And then like essays on how I, I did a, I think a research paper on, how I feel about leadership's role in the mental health issues that seem so prevalent nowadays. And, and I think they seem so prevalent nowadays, one, because we've done we've taken a very positive step in making mental health treatment more accessible and making like getting rid of some of the stigma attached to it uh, where sailors worry less. I, there's definitely still people out there that think that they can't go to mental health for the same reasons I like the same reasons that gave me a moment of pause about like the perception of it and um, that it could be a danger to my career or clearance or whatever, because that's, I was conditioned that way coming up, but we've done a, I think we've done. And, and I, when I say we, I don't even necessarily mean the institution, even though that was part of it, they have tried like the Navy and the DOD have tried very hard to, to create more resources and um, get kind of get rid of that stigma, even though I don't know how well that's trickled down to unit level leadership. And that's that's part of the problem. And that's what I like kind of want to get to. Um, but I think you're seeing these services that are are like have been increased in some degree uh, during my time and that are very useful being overwhelmed by the not just the willingness to go do it because i think that's part of it i think the reason why 
they're being overwhelmed partially is because access to them has been increased and uh, it's been made more okay uh, for, for people to go use it without any real repercussions most of the time. Um, but I think the the kind of the, the bigger problem here is that the reason like I think you're seeing an increased occurrence as well. Like people, I, I think some people will explain away the in, increase in reporting of mental health issues and the increase in, in utilization um, as us kind of making it okay. Like, oh, these things have always existed in the institution and now they're just, people are asking for help more often because we've made it okay to do so and increased uh, accessibility to resources. Um, which I think is partially true, but I think what's more, even more so, and, and based on actual research that I did for that paper and, and just out of my own intellectual curiosity is I think leadership is causing increases in mental health problems. Um, and part of my analysis is anecdotal in that I experienced it myself where as a, I want to say as an E4, I mean, I was the one time in my life I got so mad, I saw spots. I mean, I legitimately wanted to, wanted to kill my leading MS at the time. Um, but also like I, it was just this buildup of a, a toxic leader that had just chipped away and chipped away and chipped away at my ability to cope. And I was still young and not mature at the time. And uh, I, I went off the rails a little bit back then and then kind of got it together and moved on. And, and the only access to real mental health that I got was um, a chaplain. And then uh, they did some weird analysis to make sure I wasn't crazy uh, at one point. And that was it. Back to the boat with you. Um, I The other part of it is based on research... And, and I, I'm bordering on repetitive, I'm sure, but it, based on research uh, where, you know, like I've learned about the concept of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the sense of belonging um, that I think is probably the, the most um, misunderstood portion of this in our, in our line of work. It, and what you find is that, you know, so like, let's loop back all the way to the very beginning and kind of like the premise of the whole podcast is that leadership development and education like is a problem. It's a problem because we have leaders that aren't equipped to deal with the situations they're confronted with. I know that cause I was one of them at one point. And I know that because of how many people I've interacted with over seven years of doing this, but also it's, it's objectively true that it's a problem because the process is almost non-existent. Um, again, and like ELD, blah, 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 like they're working on it kind of. Um, but what I've seen happen in real life in real time, I've been trying to fight against it. Like when I was doing the thing on the boat and in the opportunities that I still get, which are few and far between at this point as I'm on my way out the door. Um, and then just through the podcast is like the leadership has never been 
educated properly. They've never been equipped with the mechanisms required to properly lead. And a large portion of that, like a big portion about it is the management side of it and like the hard skills, but a big part of it is soft skills and just how to meet human needs. And and what you find is leadership causes the problem and creates the negative environment in which sailors uh, then have a hard time coping and their stress levels and anxiety levels go up and maybe they're not getting enough sleep on top of that. And I can tell you firsthand how that exacerbates everything. And then they end up in a place where they're struggling with their mental health, whether it's just like anxiety and insomnia and and some other things like I am, or it's depression and suicidal ideations and attempts. Um, I think that a big part of the solution is leadership taking responsibility for their role in it. And this isn't an attack on leaders so much as it is um, sounding the alarm. Like, in addition to the harm that's done by an ill-equipped leader as far as just like morale and inefficiency and mission accomplishment and all, all of the other like drawbacks that you could chart on the con side of, of your, um, of your analysis, you're doing literal harm by not taking your own development as a leader seriously enough by creating these types of environments. And you'll hear a lot of junior sailors describe the environment as toxic. Um, and for a long time, I pushed back against that as, as hey, the leadership itself isn't toxic in the sense that those are bad human beings most of the time, the vast majority of the time, I would say. They're just not equipped. They're not educated. They don't have the tools to create the environment to and uh, that, that's like productive for you and, your, and the team, but also to just to give you what you need to meet your human needs so that you can be successful. So the team can be successful. So the mission could get done. And so that, you know, like morale and esprit de corps high and unit, unit cohesion is high. And we don't have uh, service members with mental health issues. We, we have service members that are performing at a high level, even though it's a high stress, high demand environment where we work really hard. And but we we do what we need to do to balance and to um, get people what they need because they want to work hard. They want to do the thing like they want to do the mission well. They want to be good at whatever it is they're tasked with. Um, but those needs need to be met in order for that to be possible. And I think that it's it's too important for leaders to understand. And and for like I, I guess it's too important for leaders to not understand is is the appropriate way of saying it that you have a responsibility to improve yourself as a leader to do whatever you need to do to find um the tools required to find the insight required to find whatever you need to be better at what you're doing um and i do put a lot of the the onus on the on the organization i think it's the navy's job to um create these things and take it way more seriously than they do 
and I could pull a bunch of quotes about how all these flag level officers and, and senior civilians are saying that leadership is the most important thing and blah, blah, blah. But then that where there, where's the action? Where's the infrastructure? Where's the money? Where is the actual effort put into making sure when someone puts on khakis, they're actually ready for it. And, and we literally promote people based on their potential to lead. I talked about it in the Peter Principle article and podcast over on the D Guts Thought Lab thing, if you want to check that out. Um, but it's we promote based on their potential to do a thing instead of making sure that they meet a set of of actual criteria that that communicates to a selection board that they're ready for the next level of leadership they've shown me and demonstrated in practice actual competency and in leadership instead of being a really great technician and or being in charge of making sure a team of technicians do very gr- well at technical things but hasn't demonstrated leadership hasn't demonstrated the the soft skills and the managerial skills and the and the team leader things that i need to see uh to ensure that we don't end up putting somebody that's ill-equipped in charge of a group of people that are, are doing too important of a thing in a high stress environment to where, I mean, you're just, it, you're setting everybody up to fail. And, and by promoting based on a potential to do a thing, just looking at what they've done and going, uh, they've checked all these boxes on this arbitrary document that a lot of which have to do with uh, like qualifications to stand a watch or some, do you have this NEC for this technical thing? Have you done this other technical thing? Have you herded cats in a work center as an LPO and made sure they could do all these technical things, right? Because I'm, I'm literally looking at it and saying, have they checked those boxes? And somebody wrote them a flowery bullet about how they led, but they led a team of people in doing these technical things and some people advanced because they have high technical knowledge and got good evals based on their technical ability, right? We, we like to write that people are good leaders without understanding what that actually means. And when so many people have so much to say about how leadership is failing them, how do we have so many people getting all these flowery words written in block 43 of an eval about how great their, not only their performance as a leader was, but how great their leadership potential is as a chief or a senior chief or a master chief or an officer or whatever. Um, There's just too much leadership competency that is ignored. It's like it's not even discussed. And we're doing ourselves we're doing self-harm to to ourselves as organizations. We're we're there are sailors suffering like the one that reached out or well, I mean I reached out to them and then but they were they were shooting up a flare by making those social media posts and by answering my message saying hey are you okay and if you're in a position of leadership and you don't at least recognize the need for the humanity in a moment when a sailor is coming to you and saying they're in crisis whether you believe it to be true or not is fucking irrelevant if 
and when a sailor comes to you in crisis and they ask you for that kind of help, if you're not falling all over yourself to get them what they need, if for no other reason than you're another human being and you understand what it is to, to live in that experience and have these types of things happen where you're struggling and you need some help, if you're not falling all over yourself to get them the help they need, you are failing. You're failing your people. And if for some reason you think it's demonstrated weakness when somebody asks for this kind of help, you're failing. You're doing it wrong. And you need to like stand in front of a mirror and and really ask some hard questions about why are you here and who are you doing this for? Because as leaders, and especially during the chief season, we like to talk about how it's not about us anymore. If anyone wearing anchors to work is capable of not taking that type of a conversation seriously enough to get them the help that they need in that moment, whether you think it's real or not is irrelevant. You're not a mental health professional. You have no idea what you're talking about. Neither do I. Which is why... In that moment, they're getting referred to get the help they need, and then that mental health professional can f- can figure it out from there. And worst case scenario, they go to a mental health professional or a chaplain or military one source or whoever, and they get to vent off whatever built-up pressure there is, and maybe it only takes that, maybe it only takes a couple of conversations, maybe who the fuck cares? Just do your job. You don't get to make that judgment call because you're not qualified to do it. And if you believe you are, you're wrong. And I challenge you to reach out and talk to me about it so I can tell you you're wrong in your f***ing face. Because you don't get it back. Like There's no redo when that sailor decides to take action on those feelings because they don't think anybody cares. And because they don't think anybody's going to be there for them and they don't think there's a way out. So they create one. You don't get to make that choice and you definitely don't get to go back and redo that having learned this harsh lesson. You get to carry the weight of that for the rest of your life. So why would you not go out of your way to make sure that person had what they need? Because you theoretically go out way out of your way to make sure they have all the other things that they need you go way out of your way to force them to sit through death by powerpoint training to meet some arbitrary requirement in a book because you think they need to have the super high technical level of knowledge you get to stand in front of the group and talk about how serious it is that we do all these things properly so that when when people are shooting at us or, or when the ship's on fire that we know what to do and how to do it in the manner that it needs to be done to fight the ship and, and end the casualty. And those things are all true. You do need to like do all those things well and fight the ship and, and contain the casualty, but you're not capable of doing that when the whole rest of your existence is on fire and there's no safe place anywhere for you to go ever. And you think like nothing and no one is important like you can't focus on doing the thing correctly. You can't sit sit there and stand at like a proper watch and 
like take in the training and qualify the thing and do anything useful for mission accomplishment if your basic human needs aren't met. And that's where I think we're missing the mark. As leaders, that's our job. Our only reason for being is to make sure those people are taken care of. Not just that they're it is green and CTQS or whatever Gnosis or whatever the hell you guys use on the surface fleet, right? Not just to make sure they're not delinquent their quals and they're not, they whatever, I don't know, like whatever the maintenance is all done and all that other crap. People get so wound up about all of like the, the logistics and the managerial requirements and are all the spreadsheets green and did we meet all the requirements in the book and is all the things being tracked by the next level of supervisor uh, either on track to getting done or done so that we don't get yelled at. The meme is like NFAS. Who cares? Like I get it. There's a utility to that in some universe when a tornado rips through a town. Okay. I understand. But is that more important than making sure that sailors have the like ready access to mental health care when they come to you and tell you that that's what they need? Is is it more important than you having empathy for them when they're in crisis and, and that you take the time to sit there and talk to them and get them the help that they need? Whether the help is just you sitting there listening or you getting an outside entity involved, whatever it is. That's that's your job. That's what you're there for. Like maintenance can get deferred. Like there are things that that can happen or somebody else can plug the gap. Like those things are very important. All the things that we get caught up on and and focus on and suck up 99% of our bandwidth during a workday, but they're not all important they're not more important than the like physical and emotional health of your people and i'd argue that if you do nothing else right do that right get the get the skills and resources and help needed to ensure the physical and mental health of your people and then not unsurprisingly they will take care of the rest. And yes, you need to make sure they're properly trained and all this other, like I, I'm, I get it, but they will take care of the rest. They're the one doing it. All you got to do is make sure they have what they need. And when I say what they need, if you haven't looked at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Google it immediately. Print it out, laminate it, put it in your pocket, hang it up in the, in the shop hanging on your bathroom mirror so you can look at it while you're shaving or pulling your hair into a bun or whatever you do every morning. It's too important to not understand how basic human needs all the way up through self-actualization happen and the way in which they're prioritized. And a sense of belonging is the, the one that is always lit up when I look at it. It's like that's... That's the solution to most of your people problems, in my experience. Um, I don't know, that stuff is really important to me because I've, I've been in the position to fail my people this way. 
where I just didn't know what I was doing wrong. And I look back at that with a little regret in my heart where I, I could have done so much better. And I think that's one of the, one of the driving forces behind my passion for, for all of these things I'm doing. Like I'm trying to make up for it or something. Um, but I also don't want to see anyone else make the mistakes that I did. Um, and I've been there in the last two years of my life. Um, and in podcasts to come, I'll explain why I'm where I'm at now. Um, and, and, you know, I took this break recently for that reason. I lost some people really important to me. Um, but even before that, like it was, I wasn't sleeping, uh, for medical reasons. <laughs> and, uh, that exacerbated my anxiety and, and my anxiety wouldn't let me sleep. And so that exacerbated, and it's just this negative feedback loop where, I was a hot mess a couple of different times for a long period of time. And I mean, I arguably still am right now. My sleep is not great and anxiety is not great as a result of that. And um, probably about to be on an SSRI soon. And hopefully that breaks the loop and then I can start to progress again. And the point is, it's too important. It's too important not to take seriously. So when sailors are coming to you with this, you're not too busy. You're they're they're not faking it. Um and even if you were you were capable, which you're not, but even if you were capable of making that snap judgment in that moment, it's not your job. Even the the initial contact like with a corpsman, it's not your job. I don't care if you're a, a khaki wearing IDC on a ship or submarine. It's not your job. Like, yes, you're a resource, but it's not your job to make that evaluation. If they come to you in crisis, you send them to a mental health professional, which you are not. You're a medical professional. I'll give you that. But you're not a mental health professional. Fight me. And I know I got docs listening to that. Like a couple of my docs are probably listening to this. And I, I like you're not. And And I love that they care as much as they do. Don't get me wrong. Like... I'm I'm a ride or die with my submarine IDCs out there and a lot of the a lot of the other docs that I've run into and they're amazing human beings and I know they've got some training but it's like you're you're a point of contact you're not the end all be all and those people when they come to you especially you get them the help that they need if they say they need more than the conversation with you do what you have to do to get them what they need um Yeah, like I'm going to I'm going to wrap this one up here because I know I'm going to I know I'm going to go off on this again uh in different ways. Um and I in some in some manner my my actual story will will come out as well cuz I I I'm still working on how comfortable I am talking about it and how much I I want to share. Um but someone's helping me with that and, and I'll get something out to try to, to use it as a, as a teaching tool as well. But, um, but yeah, the more to come on this and, and if there's something that you're interested in hearing about talking about, I'm going to start reaching out to some people. Uh, I want to get a mental health professional on as well. Um, 
to talk, ask questions, but also just like sailors that have had experiences or leaders that have had experiences or whatever. Um, I think it's a really important thing to talk about. And uh, I want to talk about it more because I'm passionate about it because I'm, I've experienced it because I just think it's too important. I think it's probably the, the biggest thing, the biggest problem that we have to solve and that we can solve by working much, much harder on leadership development and education and accountability. And I don't necessarily mean disciplinary accountability. I just mean like hold yourself accountable, take responsibility, take ownership of, of your responsibility to be a better leader and to gain tools and to, uh, learn more and ask lots of questions. And above all, in my opinion, get your sailors what they need when they need it. And that means basic human needs. That means go look at Maslow's hierarchy and, and burn it into your brain. Um, as always, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You could Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast or you could DM us on Instagram or Reddit or discord, uh, at DGS podcast. Uh, if you're interested in supporting us, there's lots of ways to do it. There's a donate button on the website. There's the, uh, don't give up the ship apparel website. Do apparel.com? Uh, and now, uh, we just started a sub stack in which I will be writing articles, uh, which I've done, uh, one, uh, that Peter principal article that I mentioned earlier. And then, uh, there's a podcast associated with that. I'm distributing it from the sub stack, but it'll be on Spotify, iTunes, and other, um, other podcast providers it's called d guts thought lab um and it's just dguts.substack.com if you want to check that out as well and that's it that's what i got for you today thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship <laughs>